glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord God, strong and mighty. He's the Lord God, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. That means we hold the invitation. If we're the gates, if we are the doors, then we are the ones who determine. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our heads as gates and we are lifted up as doors. And we invite you as the King of glory to come in. We believe that there is a power that is available to us as we pray. The power is access to heaven and inviting you to have access to our peace of the earth. We know that we have within us the capability to call on the name of the Lord. You promised us that whoever would call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we call on the name of Jesus. We open up our mouths and we call on you, Lord. We call on you in truth, Lord. We call on you with confidence. We call on you with full assurance that the God that we believe will come into our situations and move on our behalf. We ask you to be glorified in everything that you have called us to do this very day. In the name of Jesus. Come on, say this with me. Heavenly Father, your word says, if I lack wisdom, I should ask you in faith without wavering and that you would give it liberally without fault finding. I ask now for that wisdom and I believe that I receive it. And I say with my Lord Jesus that I must be about my father's business. Thank you for giving me your insight into my kingdom success in Jesus name I pray expecting amen now say this with me I am a believer of the Word of God I am an epistle of the Spirit of God I am a disciple of my man of God I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life amen praise the Lord you may be seated in the presence of the Lord just want to take a few minutes to greet those that are watching on Facebook Live today. Uh, we're continuing on with our series. I know, man, what a difference one week makes. Man, it was like snow on the ground, and I was making my way from way far up north, and it was kind of crazy on the road to get back last time. But uh, Minister Eva Jarrett uh, ministered on intercession and prayer, and um, she did some things uh, that was very, very instrumental. I'm going to tie into some of those keys today. I'm praying that you'll be blessed by the things that we're sharing, that we are, our series is Engaging Increase Through Intercessory Prayer, and it is an exciting series um, to understand how prayer can change a life and what it can do to change situations that seem unchangeable, but that you have within yourself a power, uh, an ability, a capability, not in and of yourself, but it's, it's, it's the fact that you're inviting the unlimited God into, into the limitations of your situation. 
Yeah, that's that's what we're doing here as we do this series. So I'm encouraging you to stay stay tuned um, to the series. We're going to have some times where uh, we will have other voices to continue to speak in on this topic. And so I'm very excited um, to to let you hear some other voices that we've that uh, around this topic of prayer and that we'll be having times where we'll gather together and we're going to invite you and some of our services will be uh, prayer services because Jesus said that his house was a house of prayer and so we're going to have time where we're going to pray about the things that face our own personal life and the life of our community because God needs to intervene on some of the things that we face as a community. There will be information there in the feed that allows you to also contribute to the things that God has called us to do. We believe that there is a difference of destiny and each and every one of you have a date with destiny and come to this place and you can find, uh, God can help you find the path for your life. And that's what we're all about. And if God moves on you to help us, please obey God and sow into the work that we're doing. Amen. All right. So we're in continuing on our topic on engaging increase through intercessory prayer. Um, our four objectives for this series are as follows to number one, illuminate the authority of the believer and the power of partnership with the heavenly father through prayer. And that's what we're really dealing with on um, in today's topic is this first objective that you have an authority that you can exercise through your prayer life. You have an authority like um, if, a, if a police officer gets out of his car, sees you driving down the street and he puts his hands up, the authority of his government is behind him. Now, you can run him over. I wouldn't advise it. You could. But the government that comes behind him when he says officer down, it won't be good for you. All right. And so what I want you to understand is that when you use the name of Jesus as you pray, there is an authority that you can stop some stuff. That's what I want you to understand, that there is an authority that that you engage through your prayer life that causes change in situations and in people's lives. All right. Objective number two, to identify ranks, regions, realms, and regimens of prayer that bring God's will to pass in the earth. That with your authority comes some rank. With your authority comes some rank. And with that authority, there comes an ability or a capability to, um, to actually cause things to happen in situations. Right? And then there's regions. You have an assignment to a specific place in a people, and in that region, you are in the authority. We saw that in the life of Abraham. God said, I can't come down and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah until I talk to my man who is in that region. Yeah. And then there's realms. That there is a physical realm, but then there is a spiritual realm that you cannot see. But just because you cannot see it does not mean it's not there. Yeah, there, there, are, there are TV and radio waves bouncing around this room. Just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're not there. It just means you don't have a receiver. They are there. And as soon as you get a receiver that tunes in, you'll get the benefit of them. But they didn't get there when your receiver got there. They're already here. You get it? Well, the same thing is true in prayer. There's a whole nother realm out there. Whether you're benefiting from that realm is still yet to be determined if your receiver is tuned in. But just because... Your t receiver is not tuned in doesn't mean that it does not exist. And then there's regimens that there are actual things that you should do on a consistent basis to engage in prayer. Because the scripture tells us that the word Jesus said that he instructed his disciples that they should pray and not faint. That there is a rigor to prayer that you have to be willing to engage to experience the benefit of prayer. If I'm willing to go through the rigor of prayer, I will get the reward of prayer. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm willing to go through the rigor of prayer, then I can get the reward that goes with that rigor. All right. Objective number three, to invoke the wisdom, willingness, and worth work ethic to prevail in warfare prayer that overcomes darkness with the kingdom of light. That there is a specific realm of prayer where you encounter things that uh, you encounter opposition. If this was Star Wars, what I would say is that there's a dark side to the force. Yeah, there's a dark side to the force, and that's, that's okay because the force that's with you is more than the force that's against you. But you have to be willing to use the power of prayer to engage the forces that are on your side. And then finally, to invite Destiny Generation Church into the birthing position as we intercede for God to move on our region with revival. We believe in the midst of everything that our city and our region faces that the God we serve can put his super on our natural and cause good things, cause God things to come out in a space where the world says, ma'am, I don't know what's going to happen for them. All right? And so we are believing that there is an ability within us as we pray to cause things that God desires to happen in our region to happen. All right? So we have two scriptures I'll share with you um, for today. I'll remind you, Genesis 1, 26 through 29. I'm not going to show that one today. Um, but just to remind you that God gave man dominion or authority in the earth realm. And so we have to invite God into our situation because he'll respect the authority that he gave you. He'll respect the authority that he gave you. Remember, uh, Jesus told his disciples, let's get in the boat, go to the other side. And then um, Jesus was asleep on the ship, and the disciples was rowing against the storm in their own strength. And the storm was getting boisterous, and it, it didn't look like they were going to make it. And then they went down, and water was in the boat, but he was still asleep. Water was in the boat, but he was asleep. And they say, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? When they called him, he came. But until they called him, he was still, he was there. And they were still struggling in their own strength. Some of us are struggling in problems in our own strength. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're wondering, does he care? No, he care. But you, you haven't invited him. You, you letting him stay asleep on your ship. And uh, if you want to do you, if you want to just do you, he'll let you just do you. Let me know how that's gonna work out for you. Yeah, he'll he'll let you just do you, while you're still struggling through stuff that he can help you on, because you got this. Okay. Ezekiel 22 and 30 is our first scripture for today. And it says, so I saw for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. There were situations in a specific location that needed God's intervention. But he needed somebody that was among them to invite him in to their situation. Yeah. There's things that are out there that need God's intervention in our region. But he needs someone among them to call him in and say, God, we need your help in this. And I'm asking you to move in this situation. Right. Somebody's got to build up a wall. Somebody's got to call people out into a place and then put a place of protection around them through prayer and invite God into that place.
So why are you in the situations that you're in? I think about Jonah. He was on a boat and there was a storm. And Jonah was like, the reason the storm is because I'm here. Their situation, he was there to do something to help their situation. Now, he was a disobedient intercessor, but he was an intercessor. Maybe that's, maybe other people might be getting the benefit of your storm. I'm just saying. So we want to be in our situations, the people that God can call on to intercede when things are going on. Had a coworker, you know, got a real bad report. No, no, I want to pray with you. No, I'm going to pray. I'm among them to build up a wall and a hedge and to stand in the gap. No, 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 no. I know it's bad. I know it's bad. No, but Jesus still saves. He still heals and he still delivers. Yeah. I'm one. I'm a one among them. All right. Second scripture, Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. We're going to walk you up to this scripture today. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. When Christ came alive with our um, being raised from the dead, being raised from our sins being poured on him, we were made alive with him. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and then made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All right. We're going to talk about that scripture today. So if he, um, we've given you some um, prophetic impressions for 2018. This is review. The first one we said is that, that there is a grace on Destiny Generation Church and our members and partners to be a lighthouse in this region. That God wants to do some things for us. And we believe as we are working um, to on our, um, our Destiny Fest, our Community Fest, we are really working to ask God um, to help us to really impact people and bring light to our community, right? That God wants to do some things because he needs some people to do it with. Number two, God is raising us up as an embassy of his kingdom, a place where ambassadors gather and from which they exercise governmental dominion regionally that that we are at a place where god wants us to 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 impact the spiritual climate in our region an ambassador represents a home country to another country you have to recognize that from heaven's perspective you have dual citizenship you are a citizen on earth, but you're also a citizen of a country called heaven. It's just that your country called heaven, the constitution doesn't say we the people. It says I the king. Our governmental authority is not elected. He's appointed. He has been appointed by God, his father. By birth, he is royalty. And so he sends us to be his representatives in an area. And one of the ways that we exercise that, that authority is through our prayer life. That he wants us praying for things and situations to turn around. Number three, God is gracing the maturing and aligned believer to multiply to evangelize, follow up, disciple, and oversee. We're already in our witnessing part in our foundations class. You're commanded, commissioned, and empower. Leverage your position among them. That's what that scripture said. Your position among them to call them out of darkness into the marvelous light. You have a position among a group of people. Don't just be friends with them. 
This is what the Lord's been talking to me about. He said, listen, listen, you're friends with a lot of people. But use your position to call them out and call them into the light that you walk in. All right? And this is the one that we really want to get to. Number four, prayers of intercession and spiritual warfare will be necessary to reap the harvest of souls. All right? If we're going to reap people into the kingdom, we're going to have to have prayers of intercession. God, move on their situation. And then we're going to have to have prayers of spiritual warfare. Satan, the Lord rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We bind your works in their life. We forbid your operations. Stop in the name of the law. Because you got the authority. Right? Now, when you do that, when you raise your hand, there's a government that stands up with you. But until you raise your hand, nothing's moving. Cars are just racing by. Until you raise your hand. Got it? All right. Earnestly contend for souls to be brought into the faith. Withstand the onslaught of wickedness in our day. As you called, as you call your loved ones out before God, he will move on their lives. As you take your authority and call out your loved ones before God, he will move on their lives. You have to have that confidence because that's what keeps you in the regiments. You got to pray when you don't see nothing changing. And you got to be willing to say, I'm in this for the long haul. You have to be willing to pray beyond your lifetime. I'm saying prayers now that's going to be fulfilled generations in the future. Not just praying for the ones that's manifested, the ones that's going to manifest from the ones who've already manifested. I'm praying for them too. As you call them out, God will move on their lives. All right. So prayer. Got some definitions here. This is just review pieces. Prayer is the intentional communication with God, giving and receiving directives. God giving, you receiving Offering petitions, expressing adoration, verbalizing contrition. That means where you apologize, you repent. God, I'm sorry, I missed it there. And commitment, acknowledging thanksgiving and interceding for others. My second working definition of prayer is that prayer is also FaceTime with the Father that so impacts me that I leave with the greater reflection of his name, his nature, his character, and his conquering spirit. Something happens to me when I pray. It's not just what happens in my situation, because before my situation changes, I change. Yeah, when I pray, before stuff changes, I change. Before he fixed the situation, he fixes me. I leave with the greater reflection of his name, his nature, his nature, right? God is holy. In prayer, I get holy. God, God has a confidence about him that this is all going to work out the way he intends. In prayer, I get that same confidence. Yeah. His character begins to move on me. You know, because you, you are like the people you hang around. So if I hang out with God in prayer, his character starts to rub off on me. Yeah. And then I come out with his conquering spirit. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? I will boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Yeah, something happens to me when I pray. All right. My acrostic definition of prayer. Prayer is petitioning royal access, yielding effective res results. Because we acknowledge God as a king and his empire as a kingdom, then prayer is our ability to access heaven and through that access provide God with access to the earth. So then we're talking about intercession. 
What is an intercessor? Intercessor. Intercessor is one who goes to God on behalf of another, fueled by the compassion of Jesus, or one who confronts demonic encroachments on behalf of another. Intercession is going to the one who has the answer on behalf of the one who has the problem. Some people don't know enough to pray for themselves. Uh, you know, I, I have uh, just had a pleasure of two attorneys present. Um, the scripture tells us that if any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. See, I'm going to talk about this in one of our future sessions. Heaven is a place, but it's also a government. The word of God is a legal document. It has case histories that I, can, that I can draw on in the middle of my situation because the king of our government has no respecter of persons. God, I saw that you healed that person, so I'm asking you to heal me. I saw that you moved in that situation, I'm asking you to move for me. Because it is written in the case law in James Article 5 that the prayer... Effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I got case law on my side, man. I got case law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got case law on my side, baby. So, so there are times when I'm praying about a situation that I will go to the word of God and I will formally draft a petition. And based on these scriptures that I walk down, I'm coming in the name of Jesus to heaven's court. And I'm asking for redress for my claims. Now, some people aren't smart enough to do that. And so, some, <laughs> or they don't have the relationship. You know, there's times... I think they call it pro-per when you go and try to represent yourself in court. Yeah, I'm working that thing. Yeah, I'm working that thing. I'm working it, baby. I'm working it. Yeah, yeah, I got it like that. Yeah, I got it like that. I do, I do. And you know, they say that uh, he that represents himself in court has a fool as a client, right? And uh, sometimes there are people, they don't even know what you know. And if you don't get in their situation and represent them, their case, even though on its own merits, they should get out. If there's nobody who can stand in the gap, they're going to lose. Your prayer life is that important. Your prayer life is that important. This is review. Minister Eva gave us eight things that intercession does. Number one, intercession causes us to internalize God's word and changes us. You know that confession I do at the end of service when I'm praying for you and I say, you know, your righteousness goes before me. The glory of God is our rear guard. Your angels encamp round about me. The blood of Jesus Christ covers me. The arm of God is upon me. Favor surrounds me with the shield. I dwell in the secret place of the most high abiding under the shadow of the almighty and underneath are the everlasting arms. As I went through that, that was just me praying for my daughter. But I kept praying it and praying it. I found some scriptures and I kept praying it and praying it. And I kept praying it and praying it. And I kept praying it and praying it. And I internalized it because there was, you know, there was something to that thing. Yeah, what scriptures are you praying over those? Minister Eva gave us some last week. Yeah, you, you, you know, you need to go. Don't, not, not, there's nothing wrong with God just bless them. Okay. I'm not saying that, but there's some power in saying, here's the case law that you've already approved. This stuff has already been adjudicated. We've already, I got stuff that I can pray with confidence. Number two, intercession unites our hearts to people in places that we pray for. Something changes inside you. That's why you need to pray for your spouse. It'll fix your heart. You got problems, you need to pray for them. 
You got, you got marital problems, you need to pray for them. It'll fix you. Before it fixes them, it's going to fix you. Stop that, Lord. Get him. Get him, Jesus. Get him, Lord. Get him, Jesus. Stop that. He's going to fix you first. Number three, intercession renews our hope and faith. You begin to believe and expect things when you intercede for people. For intercession imparts life. Yeah. Intercession, people were prayed for and they were raised from the dead because of intercession. Five, intercession makes a long-term impact beyond this age. My intercession now affects eternity. Wow. Yeah, there's reasons why I pray. Yeah, this, this is really important. Six, intercession humbles us. I got to get into a submitted position to appeal to a higher authority. Right? Because I can, I, I, I can get into a situation where um, not because of the merits of my case, but, but how I handle myself in court, that my case can be thrown out because I don't walk in and with honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, don't go into court with a bad attitude. You can get yourself in trouble. You can get yourself locked up. I didn't see it happen. Mm -hmm. I was like, brother, I'm standing back. <laughs> I'm going to stand, stand to the side, slide to the left, slide to the right, slide to the right. I'm not letting no Listen, listen, everybody, I'm not getting in on your stuff. You're going to intercede. You need to go in there humble. Number seven, intercession changes the spiritual atmosphere. That's what we're, that's what we're hoping for because that's, that's the realm thing. That's the fact that behind what's happened that I can see, there's a bunch of stuff happening that I can't see, but if I change the stuff I can't see, it'll have an impact on the stuff I can see. Finally, intercession causes multiple blessings to return to the intercession. He that refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. Whatsoever good any man does, the same shall that man receive, not for the person he paid for, but from the Lord. All right? Eight principles of authority. This is some review pieces here. Number one, God is the author. God the author is of all is the source of all authority he is the supreme authority in earth he has chosen to delegate authority to humanity and that's our let's make man and have dominion we talked about that at length three the badge of that authority is your body your body is your earth suit for when you lose that earth suit you lose the authority in the earth no granny is not haunting the earth no that's not granny Okay, when you lose your body, you can't stay here no more. You either go to heaven or we incarcerate you. God does in a place that is very painful. Number five, because man lost that authority through the fall, Jesus became a man to regain it. First Timothy says it this way. There's one, there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Number six, the earth suit was so important that Jesus took his to heaven with him so that he could still pray for you and accomplish God's will in the earth. Seven, while you can pray for anyone and everyone, you are specifically empowered for those that connected to your sphere of authority or who have authority over you. Listen, you need to be praying for that guy with that nuclear football. I don't care if you voted for him. That doesn't have anything to do with it. He in the Oval Office now. You better pray. Really pray. Call on God in Jesus' name. Get some angels with you. Do something. I'm just saying. We're in a very serious time. Right? Number eight, the body that licenses you to pray will also fight you 
The body that licenses you to pray will also fight you while you pray. There, there, let, me, let me do this one. Your, your, um, I made a change on that one, media team, week to week. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, so I'm going to just talk you through this one. The body that licenses you to pray will also fight you while you pray. Look at Matthew 26, 40, and 41. Matthew 26, 40, and 41. And it talks about, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So when I talk about this from the husband's perspective, because this is Christ and the church interaction, I tell the husbands, I said, your wives should, should wake up and go to sleep, go to sleep and wake up here and you call her name out in front of God, because that's what happened to the disciples with Jesus. But now I'm talking from the wife's perspective on Tuesday nights. So I'm telling the sisters, listen, y'all, if your man is in trouble, you need to be praying. You don't need to be sleeping. You need to be praying. Don't have your man in a, in a fight of his life and then you just chilling. You should be praying, praying, praying for your man. Pray him through. Pray him through the situations that he's facing. Yeah. Because your authority matters. What you're doing in prayer matters. Heaven will listen to you before it listens to anybody else. I'm just saying. Because you're the highest natural authority in their lives. All right. God expects you wives to intercede for your husbands through crisis, challenge, and critical change. All right. Four pictures necessary to live this newness of life. I want you to have pictures, these pictures. I talked about this on Resurrection Sunday, but I wanted to go back through here and really walk you through this one in detail. This is some really important stuff. These, um, remember in our previous series that we talked about, uh, we talked about the fact that, um, that, that you have certain images. God made man in his image after his likeness. And so there are images in the word of God that God gives us to show us how to operate. Because you can't live above the picture that you have of yourself within yourself. If you see yourself as a loser, you can't act like a winner. Because you will live out the picture that you see of yourself within yourself. So when God tries to reach your life, one of the first things he tries to do is change the image that you hold of yourself within yourself. So this scripture tells me four, four specific images that I need to walk in my spiritual life. Number one, I have to have an image that I am crucified with Christ. So let's talk about that one for a second. Romans 6, 5 through 7 tells us four if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. So let's say, Pastor David, how does this help me? Imagine you in a situation Right, you a new believer? No, that's not true. You can be an old believer with some old habits. Old man don't just happen to new believers. Old man comes up to all of us and tells us, "I gotta take that." Remember what we used to do when we got in this situation? We can still do that. I'm used to cussing people out when I get in a situation. If I get over my head, I, I'm, used to, I'm used to going out and getting my buzz on to, to relieve my stress. Old man will call, talk to you, won't he? Yeah, old man talk. Old man, yeah, old man talk. And so what he's saying, if I'm in a time where even though I'm a believer, that old man started to talk to me. The Lord is saying, get, picture yourself up on a cross. 
even though I can't, even though, because those that were on the cross, whatever they wanted, they couldn't do no more because they was being crucified. So what he's telling me is, now see, this is how you get over, you know, you still jonesing for whatever that stuff was. Whatever it was, I'm trying to help you. He's saying, God's telling you that picture yourself being crucified, that even though I want to, I can't because I'm stuck up right now. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one picture, that I'm crucified with Christ. I'm telling you this because, I'm, you know, Lord's been working on my diet, and he's like, listen, bro, you're going to have to get off some of that sugar. Lord, yes, Jesus, I got to get up on that cross. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying, you can come off of things if you grab the picture and see yourself as being crucified with Christ, that I can't do that because I don't have the capability to do it. I had to tell old man, you stuck up now, bro. I can't, I can't listen to you no more. You just, you just a bunch of mouth. But I'm not going to do that no more. Now, the second, okay, another scripture here, Galatians 2 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I have to see that I have been crucified, that my capability to do that old stuff, I don't have to do that no more. I can't, I have to see myself, I can't do that because I'm a new person. That person is crucified. Right? So that's one picture. The second picture is I am buried with Christ. Look at Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who live, who died to sin, live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So I need to get, be, you know, a, a person that's crucified is still feeling the urge. They just can't satisfy the urge that they feel. What he wants me to do is progress to the point where I consider myself dead to that sin. Because dead people, they don't have no more urges. No matter what your body was jonesing for before you died, when you died, your body stopped jonesing. Is that clear? I know I'm just, I'm using some language there, but hoping that I'm getting the point across, across to you. He's telling us that there is a place that I can see myself, I can move past a point where this thing has dominion over me. Some people don't believe that they can break certain habits. This scripture says that I can go to a place in my life with Christ where the old stuff doesn't even control me. It's just like it's talking to a dead person. All right. The third picture that we need. Now, those two is the pictures that, that, that free me from my past. But there's, a, there's two other pictures that I need to free me for my future. So let's talk about these two pictures. I am married with Christ. Let's look at Romans 7. I'm going to read verses 2 through 4, and I'm going to read this one out of the Message Bible. And it says, for instance, a wife is legally tied to her husband while he lives, but if he dies, she's free. If she lives with another man while her husband is living, she's obviously an adulteress. But if he dies, she is quite free to marry another man in good conscience with no one's disapproval. So, my friends, this is something like what has taken place with you. When Christ died, he took that entire rule-dominated way of life with him and left it in a tomb, leaving you free to marry a resurrection life and bear offspring of faith for God. So imagine you were married to an old abusive husband, because that's what the devil was. 
And then he died, and on the other side, you married a new man. But you bring in your old relationship into your new one. Because you still have post-traumatic stress disorder. So you in a new marriage, but you acting like you in that old one. And your new husband said, hold it, pump the brakes, I'm not that dude. Why are you coming at me like that? I'm not even him. So you have to see that you're married to Christ, and now you can produce new offspring for God. That's the picture of your future. Now, why is that picture important? Because, um, you know, my daughter has a certain authority because she carries my name. And listen, your pastor's working on accumulating resources. I ain't no broke preacher. Don't be mad at me. Don't hate. I ain't stealing from nobody. Okay? And so, by virtue of her carrying my name, there are certain things that she gets entitlement to. On the other hand, because of the maturity of the relationship, she doesn't get it all while I'm still alive. On the other hand, my wife, she can spend it all. She walk in the bank, they will give her all of it, won't they? All of it. She can spend it all. She sign her name, they'll let her spend it all. What's the difference? It's the level of relationship that we have. So when I see myself as married to Christ, Joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, whatever he got, I got. That's the power that I, I have the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus in my situations. You got it? Yeah. I have the power of attorney. And when I sign his name in the name of Jesus in the situation, all heaven's government moves to move resources into my situation. That's why, that's why your, your willingness and your work ethic to speak the name of Jesus on consistency in people's situation matters. You got to have maturity in it. But if you do, there's a lot of power and heaven has to back it up. Finally, 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 number four is I am carried with Christ. Now, we gave you the scripture at the beginning of Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, about us being dead in trespasses and sins, that he made us alive. He quickened us or made us alive. He raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So let's think about this being married and carried with Christ. When Jesus was raised from the dead, part of the inherent power God gave him for his kingdom authority, he is a scepter of righteousness. A scepter is, is a royal, is a, it's like, like, a, like a judge has a, a gavel. There's nothing supernatural in the gavel, but it represents a power to wield authority on behalf of government. So Jesus' scepter, his royal staff, is a scepter of righteousness. Now let's think about this. In, in the story of um, Esther and the Jews, right? They said, um, Esther, you married to the man. We need you because the Jews are facing a situation. We need you to intercede on our behalf to the king. She said, I can't go in front of the king. If he doesn't point his scepter at me, they're going to kill me. And so she fasted and prayed, and then she went in, and the king had favor in her sight, and she pointed the scepter. He pointed the scepter at her. She then went in, touched the scepter, and sat down. And then the king said, what do you want up to half my kingdom? See, that's that wife thing again. I'll spend it all for you, baby. I'll spend it all. I'll spend it all for you. I spend it all, baby. Give me whatever you want up to half my kingdom. I'll sign it off right now. You looking real good, girl. 
That's the King David version. Don't quite say it exactly that way. That's not King James. It's King David. But he was telling her, you looking good, girl. Whatever you want. She was already married to him, but she was carried to a place of authority. And then she got him in that place. And she interceded for the people. And the thing that the devil was trying to do to destroy the people, God turned it on his head because of her intercession. Jesus' scepter is pointed towards you in the same way. His scepter is a scepter of righteousness. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He, when you got saved, the scepter of righteousness was pointed towards you. You're married to him, but will you go and sit down and then ask the petitions that are, are facing your situation? I was studying this, and the Lord told me to tell you. He said, he said, he said tell my people that you are, you are the undercover boss. I don't know. None of y'all may not have watched that show. I, watch, I, I love shows like that. You know, I'm a, I love shows like that. And what happens in the undercover boss is that there's somebody real high at the top of a company, and then they'll come down, and they'll be in the middle of the company working in the situation. And they may be, you know, cleaning toilets and doing all of this other stuff, even though they got all of these resources. But in the middle of their situation, they are undercover. But eventually, 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 at some point in time, their identity is made known. And then they say, hey, I've been seeing you work in this situation. I now have some resources. I'm going to write this check on this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to fix that. I'm going to get you a house. I'm going to get you a car. Your intercession causes you to be the undercover boss in your situation. Yeah. Yeah, you may be working in it and you just like, you know, I'm just dealing with my kids, I'm dealing with my boss, I'm dealing with all this, but you the undercover boss. When you pray, stuff starts to move from heaven from headquarters to fix the stuff that you're dealing with. That's what Esther did. She understood the power of her intercession to turn situations around. You have power when you pray. God will move on people's lives. You are the undercover boss, baby. You better, you better, you better use that thing. <laughs> you got some power to make stuff happen. Come on, let's stand. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's a good place to clap. You can praise God there. As we go forward in our future sessions, we're going to teach you about wielding your authority in prayer. But I want you confident that that authority exists. I want you confident that God has given you power of attorney to use the name of Jesus to cause transformational change in your situations. I want you confident that your prayers causes heaven to move resources to the earth. I was thinking about this. I have a spiritual mom and dad and their son um, spent some significant time incarcerated, some significant time. And um, whenever I would go see them, she wasn't going to let me leave until we held hands and prayed for him. I was like, Lord Jesus, we're going to pray again for this, bro? Me and my dad was getting tired, like, listen, but she would, yes, ma'am, let's pray. Again and again, again and again. Weeks went by, months went by, years went by. Over decades went by. One day. I saw this son and I saw him really change, really change. I saw God turn it around. 
I saw him fundamentally. He is not the person. That old man died. Lord said, because that mother was not willing to give up on her son. She was going to pray and she was going to make us pray too. Yes, ma'am. Come on, let's grab hands again. In Jesus' name. But I saw God turn it around. What situation will change when you take your authority to pray? I want you confident in that. Remember, God has a plan for your life. He put his plan together before the world began. Before any problem, habit, mistake, or misfortune overtook your life. So often people want to get their acts together before coming to the Lord. The reality is that you can't get your act together, and that's why you need to come to the Lord. So while all heads are bowed, eyes are closed, believers are praying. If you like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life so that you can benefit from this amazing plan, it's very, very simple. You just have to believe these things that I shared with you. That Jesus came, that he died for you, that he, he suffered the penalty of everything that you did wrong against heaven's government. And because he died for it, there is no double jeopardy. You don't have to suffer for it because he's already done it. All you have to do to benefit from it is ask him to be the Lord or the governmental ruler of your life. If that's you and you would like to receive the Lord Jesus today, would you show me that by raising your hands in Jesus' name? I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Have a second appeal. Maybe you're already a believer. But you've allowed hurts, hindrances, and habits to get in the way or something in the word that really ministered to you. And you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm committing myself to being who you called me to be in terms of an intercessor. If that's you, would you raise your hand and show me that? I'm committing my life to intercession. I see your hands going up. I see your hands going up. God, there's power in my prayer. I'm going to take that power. I'm not going to let things just slide. I'm going to raise my hand and stop it in the name of the law of heaven. Well, um, third appeal is simply this one. You know, I used to tell my daughter um, when she was young, I said, I said, listen, I said, I said, um, Jesus is going away. Um, but he's left the Holy Spirit to be our babysitter until he returns. He said he's going to blow the horn when he come back. He's not going to come inside. We're going to have to go out. She got that whole message. Well, some of us have received Jesus, but they haven't received the governor who keeps us until Jesus returns. If that's you. You believe in God to receive the infilling empowerment of the Holy Spirit and are able to even believe and receive for him to move on you to speak with heaven's language that's you just want to pray that with you at the end you can just raise your hand and let me know that in jesus name all right and then my final appeal is i'd love to be your man of god and i'm sharing this with even with those that are online i believe that god gives us ways here to communicate classical truth from the word of god in a contemporary translation just helping you to find your destiny and find the path of life for your life. If that's you, you want to get information about membership at the church, or just like to see your hand in Jesus' name, we will reach out to you after the service is over. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, saints, we're going to pray, and everybody's praying together. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, I come to receive Jesus, my advocate, my attorney, as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I believe God raised you from the dead just for me. Thank you for receiving me into your royal family. Thank you for interceding for me at the Father's right hand. Thank you for giving me the power of attorney to use your name to speak into situations, circumstances, and complications that I face and that those around me who I love also face. I purpose to speak your word 
to pray and intercede and cause heaven's power to interrupt earth's problems. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead. You can clap your hands. Come on, be seated. We have some announcements, and then we have a special thing that we're going to do at the end. Please, those that are online, if you would, um, let us know that you're there. Like, share, give towards what we're doing here. We'd appreciate that. We believe that these things are going to be a blessing to your life. Tune into us next week. We're continuing on in this uh, engaging in intercessory prayer. And on Tuesday night, we'll be continuing on with our series on dynamics of destiny relationships. We're getting into some really good things, and I'm praying that you would consider coming out to that and also um, to be a part of our men's Men of Destiny session on Saturday. Amen. Lady Nedra is making her way here.